0: Tonight is study number 8 of Revelation chapter 18. And we're continuing to look in verse 3. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth are wax rich through the abundance of her delicacies. And Babylon is the one being referred to as the one who the nations of the world have drank from the wine of her fornication. It is Babylon. We've seen similar language uh, to uh, the first part of this verse in previous chapters of Revelation. If we go back to Revelation chapter 14, it says in verse 8, And there followed another angel, saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And also in Revelation chapter 17, in verse 2, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. And then, In verse 4 of Revelation 17, And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color, and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand, full of abominations and filthiness of her fornications. And that's the cup of her fornication that the nations of the world have drank from. And it is in their drinking of the cup of this fornication and abomination, that God has prepared the world for the final judgment. In loosing Satan, God uh, is the one who set these things in motion, and at the same time, God removed or lifted his hand of restraint to a great degree off the hearts of men, allowing them to go after the, their sinful desires they've always wanted to do, but now they were unrestrained and, and went after them full force. And, and so we find ourselves presently living in a world where Sunday is like any other day of the week. It no longer is recognized by the people of the world as a day set apart. Or we find ourselves living in a world where men marry men and women marry women as though it's typical and everything is fine, yet it is completely contrary to the law of God. And many other things that the world is currently doing, sinful activities, that they were not so prone to do in generations past but now at the time of the end through the loosing of Satan God uh, allowed Satan to receive greater worship in the church from the unsaved in the congregations and in the world as people serve sin they serve Satan also to a higher degree And and uh, that was all part of his loosing. Now we read in Jeremiah chapter 51. In Jeremiah 51, in verses 7 and 8, it says, Babylon hath been a golden cup in Jehovah's hand that made all the earth drunken. The nations have drunken of her wine. Therefore, the nations are mad. And then in verse 8, Babylon is suddenly fallen and destroyed. How? For her. Take balm for her pain. If so be, she may be healed. So again, just as in Revelation 14, verse 8, Babylon is fallen. And then God mentions this golden cup that Babylon has caused the nations to drink of. And it identifies with Satan's rule during the 23-year Great Tribulation period, when he is called the beast, and he is getting great glory from the people, from the nations of the world, from all the unsaved inhabitants of the earth. And this is preparing, and of course at this point has prepared, the unsafe people for the final judgment. And that's where we find ourselves now. Um, the world has... Drunk from the cup of fornication, the world is mad. It it said there, notice that again in, in Jeremiah 51, in verse 7, that uh, the nations have drunken of her wine, therefore the nations are mad. Now over in Jeremiah 50, God uses the same word mad in verse 38. And it says in, in that verse, a drought is upon her waters and they shall be dried up for it is the land of graven images and they are mad upon their idols. So concerning idolatry they are mad God says in their doing service to them and that's all related to drinking of the cup of fornication out of Babylon's hand and The world has been given over to idolatry. Remember, God calls covetous idolatry. That would be the spiritual aspect of idolatry. A a person doesn't have to carve a tree and make an image and deck it with gold and silver and set it on their mantle or on their front lawn and bow down to it. No. Covetousness, lusting and coveting after things of the world can be just as idolatrous and uh, that is more of the nature of idolatry today with mankind it it's an idol that's within their heart it's idols that are in their minds and as they they crave and they lust after the things of the world and It's one of the reasons why God, in Revelation 18, in speaking of the fall of Babylon, well, let's look at the rest of verse 3 here, in Revelation 18, For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth are wax rich, Through the abundance of her delicacies. So, it's not just the kings of the earth, and we've discussed that phrase before, but the merchants of the earth. And actually, once we get into this chapter a little bit deeper, we're going to see that there are woes pronounced. The uh, word woe is translated alas and it's found 3 times and it's doubled each time alas alas or woe woe just as revelation 8:13 in making that transition from the judgment upon the churches to the judgment of the world said woe 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 to the inhabitants of the earth three woes were pronounced and and then we went into chapter 9 and following, and the three woes dealt with Judgment Day. Well, in a sense, there are three woes uh, that are recorded here in Revelation 18, and each woe is doubled, just like Babylon is fallen is fallen. Alas, alas. And God addresses a certain group of people before pronouncing the woe. Actually, there's a pretty much a pattern that's established. If we look at verse 9 of Revelation 18, And the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and live deliciously with her, shall bewail her and lament for her, when they shall see the smoke of her burning, standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city, Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. So that was addressed to the kings of the earth. And we also have the kings of the earth mentioned here in verse 3. But then notice verse 11. And the merchants of the earth, and that's the people we have also in verse 3, and the merchants of the earth are wax rich through the abundance of our delicacies. Well, here in verse 11, God, after addressing the kings of the earth, now addresses the merchants of the earth. And the merchants of the earth "...shall weep and mourn over her, for no man buyeth their merchandise any more, the merchandise of gold and silver and precious stones and of pearls and fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet and all thyine wood and all manner vessels of ivory and all manner vessels of most precious wood and of brass and iron and marble and cinnamon and odors and ointments and frankincense and wine and oil." And find flour, and wheat, and beasts, and sheep, and horses, and chariots, and slaves, and souls of men. And the fruits that thy soul lusted after are departed from thee. And all things which were dainty and goodly are departed from thee. And thou shalt find them no more at all. The merchants of these things, which were made rich by her, shall stand afar off, for the fear of her torment, weeping and wailing, and saying, Alas, alas that great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, for in one hour so great riches is come to naught. And then there's a third group that is headed up by shipmasters and actually is the rest of verse seventeen in every shipmaster and the company and ships and sailors and as many as trade by the sea stood afar off and cried. And then they are weeping and wailing and saying, Alas, alas. So there's three groups. There's the kings of the earth, the merchants of the earth, and then the shipmasters and company and ships. Each one uh, stands afar off. Each one wails or, or weeps and mourns. Each one cries, alas, alas, and at the conclusion of addressing each one of them, it says, in one hour is thy judgment come, or it says, um, in one hour so great riches has come to naught. So it's a pattern that God repeats three times, addressing these three different groups. And he is, again, speaking of Babylon, the kingdom of Satan, which is the kingdoms of this world. It's the nations of the world. It's the people of the world. And, and God is addressing them or identifying them as merchants of the earth. And we wonder, well, why? Why does God speak of the people of the world as merchants of the earth? We understand Um, when it comes to the gospel, that God likens himself to a merchant man, and then, as he says in that wonderful verse in Isaiah 55, come without money and without price and buy, because uh, he freely gives the gospel, and yet he uses the language of buying and selling, the language of a merchant, insofar as dealing in the gospel. And the gospel merchandise is part of Babylon because Babylon conquered Judah or Satan conquered the church and the church became another one of the provinces. Historically, we know that Judah became one of the many provinces or conquered nations that Babylon ruled over. And the corporate church became another kingdom that Satan ruled over. He ruled over the nations. and now he added to it the corporate church entire. Finally, uh, he was the sole ruler over the churches and congregations of the world. And so there was buying and selling and, and merchandising of the gospel going on within the church. and and that does relate to this language in Revelation 18 especially um, that one verse we read where they deal in souls of men. But there's more to it. It's not just the church. It's the world also that is involved heavily in merchandising. For instance, if we go back to Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 27, we'll start there. We read of Tyrus. And uh, Tyrus is a picture of mankind, or of the world. It says in Ezekiel 27, in verse 2, Now thou son of man, take up a lamentation for Tyrus, and say unto Tyrus, O thou that art situate at the entry of the sea, which art a merchant of the people for many isles, thus saith the Lord Jehovah, O Tyrus, Thou hast said, I am of perfect beauty, and, and so forth. Now, if you read Ezekiel 27, you're going to read again and again that the context is describing the the involvement of Tyrus with merchants. Uh, for instance, it says in verse 8, The inhabitants of Zidon and Arvad were thy mariners, thy wise men, O Tyrus, there were in thee were thy pilots. Um, verse 9, The ancients of Gebel and the wise men thereof were in thee thy caulkers. All the ships of the sea with their mariners were in thee to occupy thy merchandise. And uh, then in verse 12, Tarshish was thy merchant by reason of the multitude of all kind of riches with silver, iron, tin, and lead. They traded in thy fares, Javel, Tubal, and Meshach. They were thy merchants. They traded the persons of men, and vessels of brass in thy market. They of the house of Togerma traded in thy fares with horses and horsemen and mules. The men of Dedan were thy merchants. Many isles were the merchandise of thine hand. They brought thee for a present horns of ivory, and Ebony, Syria, was thy merchant. By reason of the multitude of the wares of thy making, they occupied in thy fairs with emeralds, purple embroidered work, and fine linen, and coral, and agate. Judah, and the land of Israel, were thy merchants. They traded in thy market wheat of mineth, and penag, and honey, and oil, and balm. Damascus was thy merchant. In the multitude of the wares of thy making, for the multitude of all riches in the wine of Heban and white wool. Dan also and Javan, going to and fro, occupied in thy fares. Bright Iron, Cassia, and Calamus were in thy market. Dedan was thy merchant, and precious clothes for chariots, Arabia, and all the princes of Kedar. They occupied with thee in lambs and rams and goats, and these were they thy merchants. The merchants of Sheba and Ra'amah, they were thy merchants. They occupied in thy fairs with chief of all spices, with all precious stones and gold, And, and it goes on, Haran, and so forth. They were thy merchants. Verse 24. These were thy merchants in all sorts of things, in blue clothes, embroidered work, in chests of rich apparel, bound with cords and made of cedar, among thy merchandise the ships of Tarshish did sing of thee in thy market, and thou wast replenished and made very glorious in the midst of the seas. That This is like a business report. It's speaking of Tyrus involved with this nation and that nation and the other nation. They were thy merchants. It seemed that Tyrus was um, involved in... Uh, in trading and merchandising with all the nations, because Tyrus points to mankind. And uh, we know this from Ezekiel 28. And Ezekiel 28, in verse 2, Son of man, say unto the prince of Tyrus, Thus saith the Lord Jehovah, because thine heart is lifted up, And thou hast said, I am a God. I sit in the seat of God in the midst of the seas. Yet thou art a man and not God, though thou set thine heart as the heart of God. Behold, thou art wiser than Daniel. There is no secret that they can hide from thee. With thy wisdom and with thine understanding thou hast gotten thee riches and hast gotten gold and silver into thy treasures. By thy great wisdom And by thy traffic, traffic is a translation. It's Strong's number 7404 of the same Hebrew word translated as merchandise. And by thy traffic or merchandise has thou increased thy riches and thine heart is lifted up because of thy riches. Because of thy merchandise, the heart of man is lifted up. And and just to prove this is man, in Ezekiel 28, um, it says in verse 12, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord Jehovah, Thou sealest up the sum, full of wisdom, and perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardius, topaz, and the diamond the barrel, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold. The workmanship of thy tablets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. So Tyrus was in the garden of Eden and was created. And, and then God says in verse 14 of Ezekiel 28, Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth and I have set thee so, Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God; thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Only man qualifies to be called the anointed cherub, as God is Himself likened to cherubims, and and the cherub identifies with cherubims with God. Mankind was created in the image of God, and it can only be Satan or man. And Satan is not, or was not, the anointed cherub. He was not created in God's image in any way. Well, it says in verse 15 of Ezekiel 28, Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created, till iniquity was found in thee, by the multitude of thy merchandise. They have filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. Therefore I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God, or out of the kingdom of God, and I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. And God did judge mankind because of their sin, though they were created good. And God cast him out of the kingdom, and, and that's why it's through salvation that a man or a woman is is translated into the kingdom of God's dear son, because we're outside the kingdom due to the fall. And 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 so we see that Tyrus was in the Garden of Eden, was created, fell into sin, is called the anointed cherub. It must be man. It must be man who had an intimate, close, personal relationship with God just as the corporate church uh, uh, did. But, but this was the initial beginning relationship between mankind and God. And then that relationship was broken. So God, in speaking of mankind, or speaking of Tyrus, as a merchant, as someone dealing in all matter of wares, And in trades with all the nations of the world, he is putting his finger on the problem that mankind has. Mankind's covetous nature, his lusting and desiring after the things of the world. God warns, love not the world, neither the things of the world. Well, how's that go in 1st John in chapter 2? In verse 16, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. That's basically the image that God is presenting in Revelation 18 when he speaks of the merchants of the earth and all the things that all the merchandise that they dealt in. All the wonderful things of the world. They love the world and the things of the world. But now has come the fall of Babylon. Now has come Judgment Day. And now comes the removal of these things. The taking away of Babylon's merchandise. The destruction of all of her earthly treasures, all of the sinful pleasures of mankind. Uh, now, now, just think of the world. Think of the world we live in, the world we're familiar with. If, if you're having a little trouble seeing Babylon, uh, the, the merchant city, Babylon uh, and the merchants of the earth representing mankind, Just think of uh, how important the stock market is in this world. Or think of the malls, the stores that are everywhere, and and they're constantly open. They want to be open 24 hours a day, seven days a week now. Yes, on the Lord's Day, Sunday, no problem. We're here, we're operating, uh, we're ready for business. Or think of the TV commercials or the radio commercials, constantly bombarding the listener or the viewer with advertising. What is advertising? But merchandising, Uh, buy this, buy that. We're selling this at a discount. We have a sale going on. Or think of the holidays. Uh, What is thanksgiving become except the day after is black friday a time of great merchandising or the christmas holiday season is a time to go shopping to buy 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 that is the constant refrain the constant theme of the world is buying and selling the merchandising buying houses and cars and gadgets and clothes and and you need money. Money is what allows you to operate in the world, to buy these things. Yes, the world is full of merchants. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over Pal Talk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone.